so earlier today I posted a shit post that was like 40% shit post, 60% an actual idea for a show I had as I I guess I explained that in the follow-up tweet. But basically this morning I just threw out into the ether a Twitch podcast where I bring a random person on, ask them what's your fave game and just keep saying that's so cool while we talk about it for an hour. And so the original idea that I had like late last night was I need like a hook to get collabs on my show and to get other people on my show. I like talking to you guys, just me, but like I want to be having like conversations that isn't just my perspective on the games industry and things like that. I want to get as many perspectives as possible from as many different content creators, um, like basically everyone, because the gimmick or the hook, let's not say gimmick, let's go with hook of this show is that basically the only rule is that I'm going to talk with someone on the show and I'm going to ask them, what's your fave game? What's your favorite video game? And some people are going to have an answer to that right off the bat. And some people aren't going to know, but whatever their answer is, that is going to be like the start of our discussion. Because I think, um, one of the best types of videos that I like on YouTube, and on Twitch is people just like gushing about stuff that they love. So I feel like if you ask someone what their favorite video game is, and they're at least like a little bit nerdy, like you're probably gonna get like at least some kind of answer from them. Um, Like some kind of good like start to a conversation. So I'm excited for this. I am, I like did some Googling to make sure no one else had like done this before to, to make sure I wasn't, sneaking in on anyone's territory. But for now, we're going to try this out. Um, And I I see Matt, my roommate in the chat, do me next. Here's the thing. I would legitimately, okay. This might be putting cart ahead of the horse. This might be the worst episode ever. Like I might have to end my career after this. Maybe maybe it's going to be such a bad podcast thing that we're just going to give up on this completely. But if this goes well, I think the thing that I like about the concept of just asking someone what their favorite game is, is that I could have like literally anyone on the show. And I think that would still lead to like a good conversation. So like I have, I have Todd coming on the show and I have like a whole bunch of other uh, content creators. Uh, Mitch, I see you in chat. Uh, Mitch, Warren, I have like a bunch of people that I really like talking about video games with that I'm really excited to do that um, with on the show. But then also like, I definitely want to have both my roommates on here at some point as well to get their takes on what their favorite video games are, whatever we'll talk about. I could friggin' have my mom on the show and just be like, yo, mom, what's your favorite video game? And she'd be like, I don't know, like Tetris or something. And we could talk about Tetris. So I think it's a really good conversation starter. And I just want to... Basically... I just want to have like a nice, cool, chill show where people can like talk about the video games they love and just like talk about like why we like this hobby and this industry and stuff like that and hopefully lead to some good conversations. So without further ado, on that front, um, I'm going to invite my lovely friend Todd in here and we're going to get this show on the road. Hello. Hello. 
What up, dude? Not a lot. First things first is we get to ask chat, is Todd at a good audio level, guys? Compared to is Todd at a good audio level? This is Todd talking right now. Hello, I'm Todd. Will we will I be able to edit this and put this on like YouTube later without everyone yelling at me about audio quality? Ah, your audio is so bad. You should unsubscribe. You recorded from in the middle of a potato. You are actually just entirely a potato. And <laughs> You <laughs> literally wish, are. Potato. You are just a potato, and I wish I was watching that instead. Really freaking potato. I want to watch that. All right. Did I did I boost Todd a good amount there, or did I boost him too much? I'm talking still again, just to say. Uh, I want to be clear. I support all potatoes. It's if oh, it's okay if you if you want to say there's too if much. If you've Todd. been recently. If you've been turned into a potato recently, uh, you know, I, I don't mean anything by this. Pota potato is like the only oh. thing that my like home province is known for in Canada. <laughs> Prince and you. Exactly. So I'm a little bit offended. <laughs> you just go to famouspeople.com slash. Well, wait, have you said where you live? Or did you just say that well, right now? Uh, Prince Edward Island. Yeah. Okay, it, so it, it's com slash Prince Edward Island, uh, potato, it's just an actual potato, and then Josh, and then people are commenting, these are the same thing. <laughs> Why do you just have the same person listed over and over? <laughs> this is two potatoes. <laughs> oh, dear. So, Todd, <sighs> you are my guinea pig today. Dude, I love being a guinea pig. I'm all about eating way too much food and being a real hassle for the people who take care of me. Man, I I actually know a few people. Well, I guess I like I don't talk with them much anymore, but every now and then like I'll see on Facebook that they posted like another addition to this huge like guinea pig home they have for no. like four guinea pigs they own. It's like no. a literal like guinea pig mansion. Mm -mm. I mean, look, I people are free to do what they want, but not if I'm living there, shit. I'd be like, you, th <laughs> one of these things has to go, and that includes me or you. <laughs> so, so you you want to get rid of the guinea pig entirely, <laughs> or me, or the okay. other person? I'm. It's just that's all I'm saying. I misunderstood that at first, and I thought you meant like if I was a guinea pig, I wouldn't want a fancy place to live. I would want like the simple, rustic guinea pig life. You know, honestly, though, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about guinea pigs. I feel like if I was a guinea pig, I would want for, for, for little in general. I'd probably want to live and, mm -hmm. you know, feel taken care of and, and maybe even respected by my peers. But even then, I mean, who knows how much they, they want for such I mean, things, as long you know? as you got the self-respect, like... Right. One more. I'm all I need. <laughs> there you go. Marie Kondo, the guinea pig. Dude, Nice. I mean, I yeah, sure. I support that. Um, I would watch that spin-off series on Netflix. That would be good. <laughs> Does this spinny wheel bring you joy? <laughs> I would answer yes. I think spinny wheels bring a lot of joy, but like you need to answer that question. Ah, dude, I got to say, mm -hmm. you have to wonder because, you know, it depends. It depends. I think if I'm if I'm if I'm as you know maybe uh, unintelligent as I imagine guinea pigs to be, probably super chill. But if I'm me as a guinea pig, I don't think I'm chill with with the spinny wheel. I feel like mm. it's like 
I'm being manipulated. You know, this is obvious. Like somebody has done the research on me and they're like, here's the thing that you will love, but will not actually improve your life in any way. And, and I don't know. I think that's kind of messed up. I get, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I get, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't think, you okay, didn't, so, didn't think about that. Okay, so the main thing I'm getting here is that this is now a podcast about guinea pigs. We're just getting, we're going <laughs> to give up on the video game part of it. I I don't know what video games are. I've, I've got guinea pigs and and because I've got guinea pigs and fleabag cuz that's the only thing I can think of that's related to guinea pigs at all. Oh, dude, I need I still need to see fleabag. I keep hearing How are you not I know. Fleabag? fleabag seems like something that I should have watched Norm- already. Normally? Normally, I would let people off. Oh yeah, no, you should totally watch it. But you, in particular, it was Joshua, a play first. It was a play. It was first. a play. It's it's like the darkest of comedies, which is so. I mean, that's <sighs> so your shit. Yes. I don't know how I haven't and seen that yet. What it, what is uh, it streaming okay. on? That look. Here's the thing. I understand. You know, ethically, you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm already on Twitch. I don't know if I want to stream on Amazon. All uh, I want to, you know, that's too many. Maybe you feel like that's too many bad things. You have to mm-hmm. like, you have to go heal something else in the world before yeah. you can watch it. I, I understand. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, no, but for real, yeah, it's on Prime. Um, it's it's really fucking good. Yeah, I, I keep really I keep hearing really good things about it, and like I've also heard it's like. I've also heard about it like through the theater angle of things like as a really good success story of like, oh, like she got like she did that play like in fringe festivals and stuff, which is like the very beginning of like indie theater of like when you're just trying to get your foot in the door as like your own creator and like got that all the way up to like, yeah, like it's a it's a really like inspiring story. And like uh, she is she's like retired it, I think, like three times. Cause she retired the the play, mm-hmm. and then she retired the show, mm-hmm. and then she brought the play back, and then the show back, and then retired the play again. The show is still done, but then she brought the play back again because of the quarantine. I think. Oh. Okay. As um, I think she did like a one-time thing of it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember because I wasn't. I don't know. Early early days in quarantine. I was basically just skimming headlines. I wasn't out like, yeah. Oh, let's see how this particular community was devastated by this horrible <laughs> disease. Yeah, you couldn't um, engage too much. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I believe she did do like some kind of like benefit where she did it uh, like one last like one last time. Which really, but uh, like, yeah. um, I think one of the things I do want I want to say, and I saw someone say it in the chat. People, everybody mentions Andrew Scott. I I I love him in the second season. The the main sisters are the best parts of the show by like a million miles. It's so weird. It was oh yeah, but the hot priest though. It's like okay, he was great. Oh, but the main the... characters are so good, so good. Sorry, uh, I just want to say. I had to like Google who Andrew Scott was. Or I was like, oh yeah, he's he was the handsome Moriarty. yeah the handsome Moriarty dude. Hmm. Yeah. It's fun, you know. I don't know. I look. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a straight guy. Uh, I, I don't really find him all that attractive. He's a great actor. I find him as like attractive as a human being because mm-hmm. it seems like he's, you know, he's doing. He does. He seems to have his head in the right space. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah. like, he's, he doesn't look bad or anything. But he's not like, hmm. You know. I think he's got like the. 
he's got like the in like kind of that little bit of I feel weird like talking about someone's looks, but like I think he's got that that like little quirk where like some people find him incredibly attractive and then it doesn't work sure, for like sure, other sure. people. Um, I totally get that. Yeah, that's totally fair. But and then like that's that's funny you say the like um the, the, the like um uh the like I'm straight but like still see it like that thing because that's something like I recently kind of started trying to like explore my sexuality in that way. Um, like oh. coming, coming at did you did you see that I came out as pan like a little bit ago? Oh, I did not, dude. That's, oh, yeah. oh, congratulations. Oh, That's thank awesome. you. Oh, um, yeah, I totally did not see that. Yeah, no, it's it's not like a big deal. I I literally like shit posted about it on Twitter like twice as <laughs> like I po- I posted like a gif um, or something, but um, but that was um, that just made me think of that because one of the things that like I've been trying to unpack is like shit like. Am I like super attracted to this person or is it a talent crush? Because I get talent crushes like sure, mad. Sure. And sure. like have I, always oh, had great. That. I've never I've never heard that phrase before. I love that phrase. Talent crush? Yeah, that's talent great, crush. We're, that's great. Because it's just like there's now, look as far as talent crushes, I am pan as fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's a phrase that we're <laughs> absolutely. I'll, I'm here for that. Well, yeah, that that was like that was always my thing, like before, was I would um I'd be like, I don't know if like I'm like into that guy sexually, but like, holy shit, the way he sings, like, oh, and um, yeah, yeah, uh, but just what you said, like, kind of made me think about that. Of like, sure. is he is he someone that I find like super hot, or like, is it just because he's really good at playing like a twisted, sure. like quirky villain in like Sherlock or whatever? And yeah, sure, sure. He died, and, and like, I, that's the thing. He's very. He's very talented. I love. I've loved him in ever- in anything I've seen him in. Mm-hmm, yeah. What? His- uh, someone asked what pan means. Oh, uh, so pan is um, the way that I kind of understand it. There's a lot of over overlap uh, with bisexual, but for me, um, pansexual is like gender's not really. Um, it d- it's not like a deal breaker taken into account like too much with who I'm attracted to. Um, or like basically I'm attracted to all genders. Um, but the, the way I see it is it's more like just not an issue for me. If that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's the best way that I've heard described. There's a lot of different like definitions, um, especially between like uh, bisexual and pansexual have kind of had like mm-hmm. uh, changing terminology over time. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but pansexual was the label that like felt best to me. Cause I, doing research i saw a lot of stuff that was like oh like for me it's not about like i'm attracted to like everyone it's more like i don't take into account like what they identify as as like whenever i sure, realize sure. i'm attracted to them right yeah yeah that's great that seems like a long the the a a, a significant milestone in a long journey yeah no it, it was it was something that like um I've like had been thinking about for a long time, like trying to explore that. But within the past few months, as I've kind of like unpacked a bunch of other mental health stuff, it was like, oh, here's a nice side effect. You you got some more perspective on this. And it's like, oh, OK, I'm pan. That's cool. Good to know. That's great. And like, that's hot, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt good to have like some stuff kind of like click into place with that and make some more right. sense. Right um that's great dude i'm happy for you thank you um now, now, well i well actually i was gonna mean i was gonna make a joke mm-hmm. uh about about your sordid past as a man slut 
Well, but that's... I forgot. You're you're in a relationship now too, you bastard. I am. Didn't even yeah. tell me nothing. God. Oh like, shit. What are I... we even? Why are we, we even friends? Up, I don't even know. What... Yeah, you're this entire you're pan now. You've got a. You know, you're on you're on YouTube again. Did I tell you? Tell me did shit. I tell you about the uh, the children <laughs> I adopted? The the orphans. Yeah, you've adopted children. You have. Don't you have a new cat too? You piece of shit. Okay, no. The the, <laughs> the, the, the two the two cats are my girlfriends. <laughs> so that's part of one thing I haven't told you about. It's not two separate things. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's three cats running around here now. <laughs> that's hey, look, that's great, that's great. No, and in all seriousness, that's what happens, man. People's people, you know, people's lives move on. You're like, you don't have to tell me everything. Oh no, like it's I've I feel like I've I basically like since November like went very like uh solo like kind of cut myself mm. off for, not like mm -hmm. not like because of anything that like anyone did but just i had to focus on myself for a bit um mm -hmm. and so i it's so weird because um like obviously all the covid stuff going down and just everything in 2020 but like right like right before uh, 2020 started was whenever I uh, really started seeing a therapist and like got on antidepressants and stuff like that. So I like Word. literally like the last like seven or eight months has probably been like the craziest, like most change filled like period maybe in like my life. And I feel like it's only within like the past few weeks that things are finally like settling down. I'm like, okay, I can like maintain like a routine sure. again and i've been like getting back sure. into like frequent streaming and like reaching out to people and stuff and so that that's like kind of why i'm trying to like reach back out to people and like i get there's like that selfish reason for wanting to like talk to people about video games i'm like that's a really good excuse to like catch up with friends i haven't seen in a while yeah that may, that that's but that but that makes a lot of sense i mean i think mm -hmm. that that's like important i think i think people and I don't say this in, 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 to judge people, but I think people can be afraid of that time. Mm -hmm. um, especially, I think, I think, I think it's kind of like if you go to like a water park and you are with somebody who is that person who is like, we're going on that, we're going on that, we're going on that, and you're like, oh sure, but I accidentally want to go on that one. And they're like, they can't hear you. You're just like, oh, am I gonna put my foot down or am, am I just gonna go mm -hmm. on this fucking ride? Yeah. And you know, I think there comes a point in, you know, your emotional health and your mental health where you're like, I'm gonna get on the ride, I guess. Mm -hmm. And you know, you start to see the merit in it, uh, but it doesn't make it any less scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then at the end, you're all wet. And uh... <laughs> the metaphor tracks. <laughs> And the metaphor. <laughs> um, well, I'm happy you went through all that and you feel good and not, you know, it didn't, it wasn't one of those things where you come out the other side and you're like, huh, well, now I just hate everything. <laughs> that, there, I understand that, like, you know, sometimes you can, going inward can sort of breed a resentment for outward. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that you would be necessarily susceptible to this, but just yeah. that it is a thing that happens. Yeah, so I'm definitely. I'm happy that you feel, you know, you're like, cool. I'm, I'm ready to, you know, I'm gonna hit up that person. I'm gonna get on Twitter. I'm gonna get on Twitch. I'm gonna get on YouTube. Ba ba da ba. Yeah, you know. yeah. And it was. I feel like, um, th like part of the process was that, like, 
um, like I don't want to like um, glorify like feeling worse before it got better or anything like that. But sure. um, like there definitely was a point where it was like, oh, like I think I'm making like a lot of progress, but like I didn't like it just made me feel worse. But then I kind of had to like go like a layer deeper, like to use an inception mm-hmm. metaphor or whatever, <laughs> and like figure out it's like yeah, okay, somebody I, kicked I, you in the chair. I beat I beat like level two of like my psyche. Like okay, let's go to level three because there's still like some sure. stuff that's like not quite working out yet. Um, B-side, like Celeste. Yeah, ex- exactly. I had to start. I was like, okay, I, I figured out how to wall jump. Now we got to do <laughs> some of that crazy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're like, and then, and now you, you, you feel stronger and you're going back and collecting strawberries. Exactly. Yeah. And like, it, <laughs> it, it feels like I definitely, it, it was like a rough, like few months and like, obviously it's been rough for everyone in ways, like not just related to my own. No. Like, um but um yeah i've i feel it was really good to like take and i still am like trying to be introspective and like i don't want to like okay i'm done growing now this (laughs) this is enough game over (laughs) um right but yeah i feel like I'm, i'm in like a solid enough spot now to start like getting back out there and doing things again that's great man that's awesome yeah i missed you i was like where's all my Zelda. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I, I missed it too. I watched like four people on Twitch and I was like, shit, <laughs> I lost one. What am I supposed to do? Find someone else to watch? I don't know. <laughs> they And they like updated some of those Zelda randomizers so much. Like I'm excited to get back into them. Dude, I'm excited for you to be like, this is going to be great. And then you start playing and then you're going to be like, like, I don't remember oh, the yeah. routes anymore and I hate this. <laughs> and this is why this is hard. This is why this is hard. But yeah. Um, but yeah, real quick before we, I, we should, I guess we should talk about video games at some point. At but some real point. quick, yes, I want, I want to jokingly continue on this, yes. this subject. What is your go-to introspective body position? Are you a ceiling watcher? Do you are you a chair? Do you sit in the chair? Do you spin in the chair? D- I, are, you, are you on the bed all day? I, what's, what's your I just to? did it to think about the answer to that question. <laughs> Chat must have just seen me do it. It's literally like look above my monitor. Like just focus on the wall, like look above my monitor. I do that so much. <laughs> The answers are right there. They're right above the monitor. Yeah, it's. I, I just have everything written there. The secrets to life. <laughs> I'll just. You guys donate enough enough this stream. I'll switch the webcam around so you guys can learn too. <laughs> but no, like, the answers are right there. It look if every every hundred subs, I'll move my webcam fifteen degrees. Just a little <laughs> bit of the monitor shift. Oh, that's only 1,200 subs to turn the camera all the way around. That's Good night, bad. Christina. We love you. Oh, is that Christina? Christina? Oh, my God. Christina's eating eggs in the chat. <laughs> they're allowed to. I didn't know eggs were allowed to sign up for Twitch. That's, that, that's they, you know, Twitch is They're letting everyone on these days. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I draw the line at eggs. <laughs> I draw the line at eggs. Uh, you better stop. Look, I I had eggs yesterday. I'm here for eggs. I just I'm just saying I'm surprised. 
Oh dear. Um, okay. So half an hour into this, I feel like Todd. <laughs> I need to ask you a question. Yes, ask me. What's your fave game? Okay, here's the thing, mm -hmm. and this is a known this is a known problem with me. Mm -hmm. uh, that question is literally impossible, wow. um, and and borderline offensive. Uh, but I'm not offended because I understand where you're coming from. Okay, this is, we're, we're having this conversation from an educational perspective. No, I fuck. I have so many fucking favorite video games. I really, I it's 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 so it's huge. Mm -hmm. Games are huge. I've played too many games. I think that there's a lot of, you know, obviously different ways people interact with games. Mm -hmm. And some people have like favorite categories or like, oh, like this is definitely my favorite game. This is the game, Mario 64, ride or die, yeah. get fucked. You know, I'm definitely not that guy. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I was thinking about this since you invited me uh, and I figured I should do some kind of prep work and not be a total piece of shit uh, and show up Babe. and talk about unrelated issues for 30 minutes. <laughs> I would never do that. I decided I would, I would think of the game. I was trying to think of, think of a game that I think touched as much of my life as possible, like broadly things that like not, not just the game itself, but you know, it kind of seeped into my other interests. I mm -hmm. refer to it often. I've played it a lot. Um, you know, everything, like at every level. Mm -hmm. And that game, which you probably won't be surprised about, mm -hmm. but that game is Jet Set Radio Future. <laughs> I knew it. That is, that is, I think it's, I, like I said, I don't know that I would be like, oh, this is my number one favorite game, but it is the game that has reached the furthest through my life. Because mm -hmm. uh, some backstory. So I grew up. I grew up in a nerdy house. My dad used to be a game developer, um, and my mom worked for like uh, a, a short, short version. She worked on. She worked for some science shit. Ooh. So I had a very nerdy house uh, in general. Like my parents literally met playing board games before board games. Oh my. God. Were real, they're, they're, you know, back when there was like when you couldn't have like a board game like, cafe, right? No, you if you had a board game cafe, it would be the toy aisle at Toys R Us. Like that's <laughs> actually board games weren't even at Toys R Us even from Hasbro yet. That's how. Oh shit. <laughs> that's how. No, that's actually. Oh, that actually might be true. Actually, I don't know. But anyway, so like they got really into like what are called Euro games, and like now obviously Euro games are fucking massive, mm -hmm. and there's all these YouTube channels and blah blah blah. Uh, but back then, they were like, you know, it was like <laughs> you had to scour the globe to find, especially Americans who wanted to play those kinds of games. Mm -hmm. And that's how they met. And it's gross. And and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I actually, the funny thing is, though, mm -hmm. I kind of grew up, I, I didn't actually play a lot of video games until I was about like 10 or 11. Ah. So I missed a lot of the games that I think people our age, and I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, mm -hmm. but like in general, our age like really resonates with. So like the 64 games in general, I mean, pick one, Banjo, Zelda, Mario, yeah. whatever. Um, and even like, or like DOS, like early PC stuff, even though not only did we have a computer, we had two computers. <gasps> We've had two computers for as long as I can remember. That, Which is not a thing. Yeah, that is that was not a thing like in the nineties or like was early two thousands. No. Nobody had two computers. I don't even I don't even remember 
like having shitty internet. That's how that's how like nerdy my parents were. Like mm-hmm. they went, you know, they did as much as they could even back then. <sighs> that's like that's like what I want to if I ever have kids, like that's what I want to offer them. <laughs> Like, just like the most up accessible gaming it's, palace. Like I feel like if I if I became like a millionaire or something, I would like I would want to like not spoil my kids or anything like that. But I think like the one area where I'd be like, yeah, no, like I'm really into this shit. You guys can have unlimited internet and like whatever video games you want. Yeah, like, I, I would yeah. want to supply that. Yeah, right. Well, I, and I think I think a lot of I think that's the whole thing, right? Is that people our age we we most people's parents didn't even recognize that as a worthwhile expenditure, mm-hmm. much less see the growth or even recognize what it was at all. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just like, what even, you know, it's just like, okay, well, this box has games in it and am I, and then I'm done, right? Yeah. I don't have to do anything anymore? Like, oh, I have to buy more games? Yeah. Oh, I hate this, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I needed to retweet our thing. Hey, come hang out. We're talking about games. What the fuck else are you doing tonight? <laughs> Nobody else better show up. Not allowed. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm so I, but I, anyway, I brought so I brought all that up. Mm-hmm. So I skipped I skipped a lot of those a lot of those games. I like I I think I've told you this story. Maybe I haven't. Mm-hmm. I like so we had an N64. Um, and like basically because my mom understood games and like literally like she understood she was like at or my mom both my parents it mm-hmm. accessed like that whole space like we didn't really get like bad games you know like everyone's got oh, that oh I yeah. got Lion King or oh I got like this bad game or this movie tie-in yeah you had... I didn't get a lot of those yeah I feel like most because... people would have to settle for just like whatever their parents like picked up at Toys R Us or whatever and they wouldn't know what was good but but your mom you, like had the knowledge. Yeah, she she knew to so like to some degree. She knew like what was up, um, and like she knew how to you know how to parse like what would be a good time. Mm-hmm. So like we had, we had like all the N sixty four games I had were were more or less were bangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I remember I so I I Mario sixty four I had just I had fun with it was it was fine. I never really didn't really like imprint on me. And, mm-hmm. uh, Ocarina of Time I played. <laughs> I got a, I got scared of uh, the fucking spider. The first, what's the, what's it called again? Uh, the one that Goma eyeball, the big eyeball, one. Goma. Yeah. yeah, I got I got scared of Goma, and I didn't like spiders, so I didn't like That's that whole bad. dungeon in general. And I fucked off of that entire <laughs> franchise until Twilight Princess, which I was like, I hate this, and then I fucked <laughs> off again <laughs> until like a Link Between Worlds, and then I went all the way back. No, no, it's not true. I played Wind Waker. No, I played Wind. I played Wind Waker. I forgot about that. Wind Waker gets. Anyway, anyway, mm. so I started really getting into games once I turned ten because my mom said yeah, I couldn't have a Game Boy until I was ten. Mm. That, that was the rule. I don't know why. I don't think that makes any fucking sense. Because, but basically, what ended up I d- happening? I wasn't I allowed was... to get a portable console until around that age either. I think I was like eleven or twelve before I was allowed to have one. See, I basically because of that, I missed I missed Pokemon. Yeah, too, no, that's I, that's I, why I was... I'm not a Pokemon person. Yep, I was never yep. able to. Ah, kindred, kindred. Ugh. I'm yeah. It was it. Uh, it's like literally missed the whole fucking window. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really into handheld stuff. Like that was my jam. 
Mm -hmm. um, that's like what I would play whenever I could. But the first, like, the first game that I got that I wasn't just kind of like, oh, this is fun, or like, oh, like I'm I'm into this game. Mm -hmm. um, it seems pretty cool. Uh, that the the first game that like blew my mind mm -hmm. was was definitely Jet Set Radio Future when the ah. Xbox came out. Fucking, I was just like, what even is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, what even what even is this game? It's so it's so different from everything else I had played because. My mom likes a lot of like, she likes a lot of RPGs and like tactics games and stuff like that, which I love still to this day. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we had had a lot of like PlayStation hits and like Game Boy Advance games that were like pretty good for like tactics or like RPG, like in that genre. But like, I hadn't really played like an adventure game that I really resonated with. Cause like I said, like I kind of, like, Mario was fine. Mm -hmm. I bounced off Zelda, you know, so, and, and, that whole like the collectathon thing never yeah. appealed to me. It more or less still doesn't all that much. Although I appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Now. But like at, but, the, at like, the time, like none of those games had like super clicked for you yet. They hadn't clicked. They yeah. hadn't. You know, I had, I wasn't like, oh, dude, like this is me. Like this feels like me. Mm -hmm. You know, it was very, very cartoony, very goofy. Mm -hmm. And then like. And, and I also think, uh, like at the time, if you're thinking, if you think about like sports and stuff like that, yeah. And look, with Tony Hawk Pro Skater, it was a little bit more of like that edge of the grunge, mm -hmm, yeah. which I also didn't really resonate with, even though I I liked Tony Hawk Pro Skater a lot. And, like, yeah, I liked yeah. That kind of thing. I liked all the arcade sports games and stuff like that. But like, Future was this amazing combination of an adventure that felt like an adventure game. You know, you go to new areas and like you meet all these characters and there's this ridiculous ridiculous story that mm -hmm. kind of doesn't make any sense. Uh, and there's like a DJ professor who is in a pirate radio station of an unknown location. And like all the characters are like, yo, ha ha, hey, ha. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's so, you know, it has so much, it just has so much, uh, it has so much juice in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this, this is fucking crazy. I'm into this and and like it it never it never waned like ever mm -hmm. I never stopped being like my thing that style that vibe you know yeah you, like like you... I because you still like have used that stuff like even like in your stream assets and everything like music yeah. from Jet Set Future and everything yeah 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 mm-hmm did you play that game? So that was like, that was what I was just about to say was um, I have actually never played any of the Jet Set games. Yeah, yeah. But see, I, but that's the thing. That's, mm -hmm. Those games are like, they're, they're in that, yeah, they're in that 90s Sega box of like people who like showed up to like Endgame Dreamcast or like, you know, Sega, you know, moving over to the Xbox kind of era. Mm -hmm. And they were like, does nobody else see this shit? This is like, what? Look at Jet Set, uh, like Space Channel, Power Stone. What? Does nobody see this? No one sees these games. Yeah. And and it's weird because they kind of they came and went, and they were just this very small amount of time. Yeah, like if because a lot of people like still to this day like really like the Dreamcast and like have a lot of fond memories of the Dreamcast. And I like never had that console or anything, but it seems like yeah, Same. there was that like small like uh like they just had bam 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 a lot of games that like even if they weren't like huge successes at the time i think they're really influential 
on a lot of people because people like still talk about them and like Sega still yeah. uses like iconography from them for like even if they don't make like actual like Jet Set games anymore like they still put stuff in like Monkey Ball or like Sonic or whatever yeah. because like they're good and people really like them yeah ex- oh, no, exactly and they've had and I think that like especially now and we're talking about modern indie games and we're talking about sort of the evolution of visual style and technical production level that is available Mm -hmm. to smaller teams and not just smaller teams but less experienced teams Mm -hmm. and people are are coming you know we're coming back around and looking at the ps1 they're (sighs) looking at the dreamcast and looking at you know even like early ps2 early xbox all that stuff and they're saying well this this low poly look is accessible again. Like this is something that I can do. This was something that it took them years to do. And now I, you know, some like pretty good, like good, good, good artists Mm -hmm. and they're learning blender and they can already make that shit. Yeah. And it like, they've made game development so much more accessible now too, because it's like, I'm sure if you were like modeling, like the trees in Ocarina of Time, like back in the day, like that was like, a super complicated procedure to do and like you were doing everything you could to like cram like what you could in that model and now it's like you can just go and blender it like geometric shape geometric shape bam that kind of looks like a tree and it's but you can still have that same aesthetic and i think that's really interesting i really like the um uh have you seen like the rise of like horror games that look like ps1 rips i've i've i I'm not the biggest horror genre guy, but I know I've seen some of it, like, just kind of graze my timeline. Yeah, like, like I, I haven't, like, played a whole lot of them myself, but just, um, uh, like, my girlfriend will watch, like, Markiplier or something, and a lot of, like, the indie stuff that they'll check out, like, that's going on in the horror scene is just people, like, making games that look specifically like they were on the PS1, like, that exact, like, weird filtering um for like the 32 bit effect and everything because it's mm-hmm. it's just like a really efficient way to uh to make games now is to have that retro aesthetic uh because like those aesthetics were so strong back then and left such an imprint i think i think it's funny because we're we're in this time of like unequivocated facial reconstruction and human resemblance in the triple a space mm-hmm. like i'm now i refuse to play it but like looking at like last of us it's like god these people's fucking faces and bodies and all the physics it's insane i mean and even looking like i've been playing assassin's creed odyssey and Mm -hmm. it's like oh even that like it looks so good it's and it's nuts i legitimately i've been playing ghost of tsushima um Mm -hmm. and that game legitimately like the the hud like disappears most of the time if you're just wandering around and like if you get like if the lighting's coming at you right like the game looks so good that i legitimately get those like vibes you get from an e3 trailer where it's like Uh faking gameplay but you know it's not actually gameplay and because like because there's no hud on screen it's like oh this is like pre-rendered but then it's like no josh you're holding the controller and like you're the one moving this (laughs) like i still have some of that built in like they got to be faking this shit right um yeah and like it's blowing my mind that it's like running on a ps4 and like we're just about to have a new console generation like it's nuts what they can do now it really it really is and 
conversely, mm-hmm. I say all of that, and I genuinely do praise all of that. I like, I, I really, I'm really, yeah, I, I know where you're going a lot with. with yeah, like I'm really connecting with a lot of like the games that are featuring that, like like in particular Odyssey. I'm I'm getting really into. Mm-hmm. But fuck, man, there is so much that you can convey with much less, mm-hmm. and a lot of these indie devs have really sat there and done the work, and they've like they're putting the effort in to be like, how can I make my characters and my world be this expressive without without having to fucking face map a actual celebrity yeah yeah and i like i kind of like that that's like the two directions that like technology seems to be going in the game scene because like i like there is a lot of value to people like making these crazy realistic like billion polygon like face renderings or whatever but i also like i feel like we're at the point where um if you're like an indie company like there's not a whole lot tech wise like holding you back from anything like stylized you'd want to do anymore like sure 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 like um like i um i think today actually was like the 10th anniversary of the game limbo do you remember that Mm -hmm. like the black and white i love limbo Mm -hmm. um like a game like that, like, I don't know if any, like, increase in technical power would, like, make that game, like, that game wouldn't look any better, no matter how much more, like, powerful consoles get. So I feel like we're at the point where, just as a baseline, most people have, like, a blank canvas and can do whatever for indie games. And, like, because of that, like, they're doing stylized stuff that just does not take near as much as, like, having to render these full-on faces yeah yeah uh definitely i think i think it obviously there's like always budget and time concerns Mm -hmm. but like people are really sitting there and be like okay well what's the most i can do Mm -hmm. for my project my team and they're getting there and they're having a lot of success i mean like even just looking at that uh was that with a chair interactive i think Mm -hmm. looking at inside i mean inside was it won so many fucking awards it was i mean really just an excellent game Mm -hmm. and it's it's basically just limbo again yeah like in a lot of ways it was just let's do limbo again Mm -hmm. but you play go back and you play limbo it hasn't it doesn't it doesn't look any worse it's like, oh, yeah, they found a style that worked and they conveyed it well. And then you look at inside and you go, this is a, a an excellent evolution of that style. And yet mm-hmm. all the identity is still there. Mm-hmm. You know, that that the traits that sort of you would expect to see, they're all there. There was no, you know. And so it's one of those things where it's just like, this is this is such an amazing time. And I think like looking looking at like over the years, like my feelings towards like in mm-hmm. particular like Jet Set Radio Future is it really does sort of track with how things have evolved in every other space of gaming. Cause mm-hmm. I think I look at like, I, I, you know, obviously I did YouTube for four years. Right. Yeah. So, and I, one of the last things I did was a video about Jet Set Radio Future. Mm. So it kind of ended up being sort of this interesting little point of like, I've thought a lot about, about game design and blah, blah, blah. And I finally want to talk about it. And you know, that's kind of a moment, right? For yeah. Me personally, it's the moment in my life now. And mm-hmm. then kind of go on from there and like to see all these advancements in game design and in specifically in like in aesthetics and also, and so many 
not well, okay. Relatively speaking, so many games being like, I want to borrow from Jet Set Radio. <laughs> it's 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 amazing how this game, in a lot of ways, has remained relevant mm-hmm. to the people who liked it in the first place, and has remained something that you can look at and go, oh yeah, I can learn from this. Mm-hmm. Or you can play some game and go, you know, as a as a gamer or whomever, you can look at look at it and go, oh dude, is this where? This seems like kind of an inspiration for this or that, uh, and even and even beyond that, to look at look at it and go, I still haven't seen anyone do this. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. I think that that's like, I think that's all you know. I think some of the best games can't say that. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, if you have a game that's like still like in, like when did that come out? Like two thousand two or, I think two thousand three. Yeah, so like. Nearly twenty years. Not good with me. Yeah, so ages ago. <laughs> uh, we're not that old, I hope. Um, but but yeah, like it's it's always cool to see like games that like maybe didn't get like appreciated as much at the time, but have obviously been like impactful on like game developers themselves. Yeah, yeah, um, you, and like you can. I mean, you really can. It, like if you if you know Jetset Radio Future mm-hmm. or even just regular Jet radio and you will see it like you'll you won't have a choice but Mm -hmm. to see it like in in this and in that like i was one of the games i really want to play oh this does too okay nice one of the games i really want to play that i haven't played yet is indie game but i've been playing a different indie game for an undisclosed reason and Mm -hmm. i the game is called umurangi generation and it's a third person like exploration game Mm -hmm. or uh, first person exploration game where you take all you do is take photos and uh literally that's all that i know about it i, um, I don't know what else goes on mm-hmm. but the aesthetics are fucking so so street so urban so like uh, angular and so expressive in that sense mm-hmm. and like i'm like yo see this is what i'm talking about this feels like that sort of like space that Jesuit radio future was like we're not not we're, obviously they don't dominate the space because you know mm-hmm. how it's not that big of a game like it sold a lot because it was attached to the xbox yeah um, but it's still but having an I impact like, it, like even now exactly like, i feel like to some extent it was like hey urban you know streetwear uh like anti-authority in terms of like not just like gangs, but in terms of like the actual spirit mm-hmm. and the style and the expression of the street kind of vibe and like city urban vibes, like that can be a space that games can live in and can tell stories in and can be fun in. Mm-hmm. Not we, I think you know, again, like to this day, we still barely see games even attempting that. Like I think to some extent. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's always hard with these kinds of games because they're really fucking bloated. But mm-hmm. to some extent, you look at even like a game like Watch Dogs, yeah. And you and obviously the immediate comparison is always it's going to be GTA, right? Yeah. But to me, I think a little bit of that counterculture kind of like space is shared with a game like Jet Set Radio. Mm-hmm. And and I think it would I think it would be a stronger game if it had a more a more a style that was more like that yeah le- leaned more heavily into that direction 
Right. Instead of kind of like like the second one, which I think is a better game. Mm -hmm. uh, but it still kind of borrows off this like fake street mixed with cyberpunk, like ex Facebook developer mm -hmm. tech punk. And it's like, this is kind of not a thing. Yeah, kind of like Whereas, watering like, down like multiple concepts to just have an overall like dystopia thing. Right. Yeah, like like how many and, and since then and and in around that time and since then until now, like how many times are we gonna do the LED faceboard mask thing? Oh my god, that was like in the Nintendo Direct I reacted to like two days ago or yesterday. Oh, was it? Yeah, they oh, yeah, they, yeah, they, had, they had they had this right or um. It was uh, Rogue Trooper or like whatever. It, it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, like they announced like a new hero or something for that. And it was literally like the blinking, like happy face, like hacker mask. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's it's just kind of frustrating because I, I don't think it's, I don't, I, again, I don't think it's actually bad. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a little bit uninspired mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's weirdly, it's weirdly such a like gamery thing that I'm like, okay, but I don't actually know. I feel, I feel like you're having to write a lot harder to give context to what that sort of thing is supposed to mean. Mm -hmm. Not just I have a helmet on and I don't like people, so I'm not going to use my real face. You know, I just feel like that shorthand is very broad. Mm -hmm. And I, and I look at games like just a radio, you know, a future or even, I mean, even like just like other kinds of like urban kind of feeling games. Mm -hmm. uh like even like uh, it's still sega but like, even like crazy taxi which is like this feels a little bit more like we've tried to look at what we feel like a city is and we've made it about this particular part of city life yeah yeah we're we've, we've looked at the particular slice of the world and we're like what if we dialed this up and made it a game yeah like you're getting you're getting like a very specific percept or uh, perspective and like it's obviously right. like a heightened like game reality because it's like cell shaded and ever it's cell shaded right right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, was, i mean that's like one of its whole yeah big, yeah you know things um because I, I think i think like looking specifically at just a radio in terms of like theming also what up taylor how's it going it's my buddy he works at riot and he's an idiot oh, cool. i love him uh <laughs> um he, uh, as metaphors, I should say. I just called him as, you don't even know, <laughs> you have no idea who that was. Uh, at Radio Future, I, it's, it's funny, right? Because you look at, you look at, like, what that game was about, which is this big corporate guy bought the police <laughs> and is trying to arrest all of the people on the, like, all of the people on the street or, like, enrapture them with uh with sweet nothings to like get them on the side of like the establishment and it's like wow that that doesn't that shit hasn't stopped being relevant at all we i don't know todd that, that doesn't sound that topical we should we should, we should leave main, <laughs> one of the main villains the recurring bosses that you fight it's just a insane police chief who just chases you with a revolver and it's just and shoots you and calls in <laughs> calls in tanks and other militarized police force and it's like get those fucking kids i hate them so much i hate how they express themselves like it's those it's, darn it's kids really, standing up to establishment i don't know that doesn't so, that doesn't sound very relevant today it's so funny it's so fun i just it's it's, it's cool and like and i think like it goes to show 
what is like how big that space can be still because mm -hmm. i think that we, you know we you mentioned these kinds of things in like indie games you'll have conversations about it i've been playing this game where they it's a it literally has like a reference to like brexit mm -hmm. and like that's how modern the takes are yeah but we're we're I want to see more of like stuff like Tesseradio Future, where it's just like let's take let's let's put some money behind a game that like shreds off certain aspects of real life mm -hmm. and and focuses on you know these particular slices that it wants to have commentary about, and then also mm -hmm. play, just play in it, you know, have fun. Yeah, and, like, also also have, have it be a good game. Yeah, <laughs> like literally one of the. First things that happens in Jet Set Radio Future is like you can pick up these spray cans that only the people with the soul of the streets can see. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally magic spray paint. That but it's real because mm -hmm. the graffiti that it makes is perceptible to the police. Mm -hmm. And that's just the thing that you accept off the fucking bat. Like the one of the first things that happens is Gum is like, "Hey, what's up?" You, I see you want to join our crew. Mm -hmm. I don't know though. Can you see those floating spray cans? Because if you not, you if you can't, you have to go. Like, <laughs> and, and I yeah, like that's really cool. How because that works both as like a game mechanic, because like pick up the spray cans and stuff like that. But then it's also like it adds that heightened like sense of the world. And then like you can also like pick apart like unlimited spray or paint. Like wouldn't that be cool? Or like what could you do to yeah. like uh, fuck with the system like then and like the game like uses that as a game mechanic yeah mm -hmm. exactly i love it yeah it's it like i every time i go back to that game there's always something that i like i'm like i point i point out to myself i'm like oh man that was something is it like is there like a good way to like play it nowadays like has there been no. like in like a remaster or, uh... no makes me so sad <sighs> i mean like the whole the fact that jet set radio the original got remastered is already fucking crazy because of how much licenses that they had to cut like mm -hmm. pay for they even like there's a rob zombie song is on oh, that wow. like the one the only rob zombie song that anybody knows uh that i forget the name of dragula uh, yeah that okay. one that's the only rob and zombie song i know so i figured i'd shoot for it <laughs> Which you have to know is fucking expensive as shit, right? Mm -hmm. So that was just for the first game. And even then, there was a couple songs that they like didn't get, if I recall correctly, which people were upset about. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Future is, I don't even like, like one of the, uh, like one of the people, the groups that's heavily featured on the soundtrack called the Latch Brothers mm -hmm. has one of the Beastie Boys in it. So like, Ooh. Sega's just not gonna pay for the license for something like that for a franchise uh, that is beloved and and but still in a sense is kind of is kind of niche. Okay. Yeah, I I still want to. I'll find a way to check that. Yeah, out. Yeah. Well, to that, answer that question, yeah. actually, the original question, you can play it on 360. It'll chug like fucking crazy um. on a, a couple a couple of levels depending on where you're looking. So oh, okay. if you go on any of the like downtown levels and you look at the city parts, mm -hmm. you're gonna chug like uh, Route 99. You basically or Highway 99. I forget which what it's called. You basically can't see until you unless you look straight down. 
and then skate towards the like inner parts of the level. Which uh, is, backwards uh, compatibility. Pretty, it's kind of a problem for like a pseudo platforming game. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, get it on, get it on Xbox. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look into that because that that was the thing. Like w- before, I asked you, um, like if you wanted to be like a guest on here. Um, I was like, I need to figure out like how this show is going to work. And before I even asked you, I was like, okay, I'm going to have everyone like tell me their favorite game beforehand. And then like, I'll go like, if I've played it before, like that's good. But if I haven't played it, I'll like try and play it beforehand or like at least like Mm. look up like footage of it. So I'm informed, but I've like, I've kind of liked like having you like explain this stuff to me. And it also makes me like want to check it out and like. Maybe I'll have to like follow up with you if, if I play it to like give you my own thoughts on it. Yeah, dude, please do. I think I think it's a very interesting take on on an adventure game because it, it is, you know, it's like 2000s open world where they just gave you chunks uh, of, of, yeah. of, of map that mm-hmm. you could explore. Simpsons hit and um, run style. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. It's. It has a lot of it has a lot of like um, okay I don't know if I could call it really set pieces but like there's combat where you're fight like you have to like 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 I said there's tanks you have to like graffiti the tanks mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which is uh, you can just be shot by the tanks and oh, you you don't die immediately which is insane but also thankful because if that did happen I would never play that fucking game <laughs> uh, I would be very mad uh, fucking into deaths are not my friend um so there's just a lot of like ridiculous things in it like there's like you go into the sewers and then you go into the under sewers and there's Mm -hmm. all these characters to find i don't know it's just one of those kinds of adventures that i feel like it was contained but not small Mm -hmm. and i miss that i miss i miss that it's got playgroundy like playground vibes but there wasn't. You couldn't just sit there and do anything or everything. Yeah, there, they didn't. You know what I mean? They didn't pad it out with like an entire like open city. They focused on what like they were good at. Yeah, and and because of that, each area has its own identity. Mm-hmm. Like uh, each you like if you whenever you go to a new map, you're like, okay, I kind of get the vibe here. Like, I think most people would probably immediately remember Shibuya Terminal because it's a it's Shibuya. And that's what everyone that's like, if people are like, do you know, a city in Japan, most people would probably say Shibuya, probably that's probably a city, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so but that's like, that's like the big open playground, like, there's all these rails and there's ramps and there's like hidden little platform areas mm-hmm. and then there's like the buses and then you have to fight like another like a rival like quote unquote gang and like all this different stuff. So you know you remember that stuff. And then there's like places like Gogenzaka Hill, which are like just such unique vibes. Like it's always sunset there, mm-hmm. you know, all these rustic like shanty town style buildings. Like the whole map is kind of like slanted mm-hmm. in a sense it's got like uh there's like a helicopter fight that happens there <laughs> you know it's it's all this there's all these like specific things that just kind of belong to that one part of the map mm-hmm. uh and, and so it makes not... each area like actually like feel standalone and like memorable yeah. so yeah. they're not all just blending together yeah, it's one of the things that I I've, I've been really thinking a lot about. Uh, oh, sorry, we're talking about Desert Radio Future. 
which is the answer to what is my favorite game. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the things I've, I, so I play a lot of open world games. Mm -hmm. I was reading this really interesting article on Polygon. Uh, mm -hmm. was that they were talking about how during this time of quarantine, all they want is to play open world games mm -hmm. that are just like, go clear this bandit camp, upgrade your equipment. Yeah. You know, sneak into this person's house and steal their bananas, mm -hmm. you know, just like all just, they just want to do that over and over again. Yeah. And I, it's, it, so I, I'm like that too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. I, I'm also like, yeah, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I started Breath of the Wild over on Master <laughs> Mode. I'm playing fucking Horizon Zero Dawn again. Like, I'm just like, oh yeah, I just want, I just want to check off some fucking you, That is 100% why I've been enjoying Ghost of Tsushima so much. I haven't like actually played an open world game in a little bit. And sure, it, sure. it has been so good to like scratch that itch and just like, of like going through a checklist while you're like exploring. And there's a lot of like, I actually want to talk with you about, uh, about this game at some point. I think it does some sure, really yeah, yeah. interesting shit. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, t I totally get that. The like, just having something to do, especially like in like quarantine and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And something I think so. Okay. So, but this, and this is the point that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. So having played so many of these open world games, what I'm finding, mm -hmm. and this is maybe this is just me. I don't know. But what I'm finding is that the sort of interconnected nature of the space, mm -hmm. unless it's really well handled. And especially when it's, if it, if it isn't denoted, uh, in the environment, mm -hmm. I think that that interconnectedness actually can hurt the your perception of the space that you're in, and I know that was a lot of vague terminology. So let me be like be more specific. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Odyssey takes place in Greece, right? Yeah, and you know, obviously, it's a place that's noteworthy for its islands and how you know uh, how. Kind of disconnected yeah, a lot it's... of the region is what? like uh, not just politically but like physically uh, like what's, all these islands yeah everywhere. what's the name of that whatever it's like just the land archipelago like, yeah archipelago mm -hmm. so it's it's got all these different spaces but there's only so many spaces that i've come in that i've been in in the game so far mm -hmm. that really feel different and part of that, obviously, is because it's still all Greece. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like all the, the a lot of the rocks are very similar mm -hmm. because it's the rock that makes up that environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you have sort of like these war-torn areas and then you have like Athens and you're like, okay, this I remember. Mm -hmm. But like I've been playing and I'm, and I'm, I'm in like Corinth versus like Megardis and I'm like, this is not that different. Mm. This kind of just feels like two different smallish Greek cities yeah like, yeah not not villages mm -hmm. but not you know the fucking whatever period of time period that was i forget of equivalent of a metropolis mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you know and and then when you go between the two things you don't feel like ah i'm in a different space and i think back to like again like the jets at radio future or even the more blatant and obvious and to a point personally mm -hmm. not as good uh games like banjo or like mario mm -hmm. where it's just like volcano place mm -hmm. ice place second ice place yeah you know 
<laughs> and that and I I don't know I'm I miss that kind of thing I think that it I think that from a game design perspective and from a environmental design perspective it's just really strong to have somebody however they get there they mm-hmm. go from place a to place b and they go fuck this sure is place b i that might be one of my favorite things about breath of the wild is i've i've yes. I, I feel they do a really good job of making all those areas feel like really distinct. Like, holy sh... I still remember um, that area in the upper right of the map where, like, all the trees have, like, red Mm -hmm. leaves and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, God, I forget where that is. But, like, I didn't go there till like, later in my playthrough. And it was so cool to be like, oh, my God, there's, like, a completely different... Akala? Akala, yeah. Um, Is that it? Hold up, hold up. I think it's... It is it! Yeah, Akala. Ah. Um, like I went there in the middle of a thunderstorm and like, it was just so cool to have been playing the game for so many hours and then come across an area that's like, oh shit, like all these, like all the vegetation here, like looks different and like, yeah, it was so cool. I still, I mean, there's so many, so many times in that game where I had that experience. It's really funny because I think, uh, it's, I think it's extremely deliberate in terms Mm -hmm. of how big a, I mean, also obviously you can't not. You just can't have Hyrule Field not be, be anything more than a field yeah. because of because it is referential mm-hmm. to previous you know in, like uh, designs of that space. Mm-hmm. But like you go from the field and you know and even like the Great Plateau is not it's not all samey, but it's not that uh, expressive or vibrant of a place. It's like a big center yeah, it's, it's... piece, and then there's a mountain, and then there's kind of some ruins and some trees ish area. Yeah, it's it's like and... a more like condensed like tutorial like spot. Yeah, it it feels a little bit kind of like uh <laughs> it feels like uh BB and Bob Bowl where they're like, here's here's a bit of this, here's a bit of that, yeah. here's a bit of this, and they're all <laughs> separated from each other. Yeah. Uh and on top of a bed of rice. <laughs> and then you go to like any fucking other area in the game, like outside of Hyrule Field, and it's like there's some there's like a unique pathway, like a cliffside with you know with bridges mm-hmm. and like all these different like towers, or there's like the giant like fossil like savanna style area where like you're you know you might have if you went that way you might have run into Lionels before you even got to the fucking Zora Domain, and like obviously I mean the Zora Domain is so unique it, I don't even have to explain yeah. it and. <laughs> Like, not even just, like, you know, because you think about, oh, well, the desert and then the water place and the, and the volcano. Mm-hmm. But, like, you even look at all the other areas, and they have different, like, climates. Like, looking at Faron is, like, mm-hmm. totally different, A, than Faron has ever looked. Mm-hmm. And, B, it's you know when you're entering it. And it's not even the same in terms of, like, w- deep into Faron versus yeah, like it's, entering Faron. Yeah, it's, it's so... It's very, they do, like, the transitions between the area as well, too. And, like, have, yeah. like, memorable, like, the bridge between, like, Hylia and, like, the rest of Hyrule Field and stuff like that. Yeah. I... Yeah. The fact that Faron, like, technically is never required for, like, any of the actual, like, story-related <laughs> stuff, that blows my yeah. mind. They just yeah. were like, you know what? Let's just throw in a completely unique, like, jungle area. Yeah, that like some people are just never going to touch and will like never yeah. have to like that. Oh, it's so cool. I love that. Yeah, no, it's and like I, I that that's but I think that that is so huge. Mm-hmm. It's so huge. It's so and there's so many like I remember so many little pieces of the game because of that. 
like it was like oh shit like 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 again i was playing it again so i'm i'm going to these new areas or well not new personally but like mm -hmm. new in that save file and being like oh fuck like i remember like the winding road to gerudo but i also remember when i climbed i went from tabantha you know south through the gerudo highlands i climbed up into the mountains and then like you, you look down over the desert and it looks totally different oh. it looks like a completely different fucking place you're oh. like is this the same desert yeah but it is it's just like oh shit like this is this is so great because when you see it you really are you net you don't have to question that you will see a different experience mm -hmm. there. And I think that that's the kind of thing that I I think is so important. And obviously it's changed a lot. Like Breath of the Wild, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, th I think has kind of done it, more or less has done it the best in my personal experience. Mm -hmm. um, but like going back again, I mean, just to keep it relevant in the conversation, like looking at just at Radio Future, like there was never any doubt, except maybe, except maybe some of the end game uh, levels, mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, I am in this Jet Set Radioified version of Tokyo. Like it feels like a different space in Tokyo, yeah, but it feels real. It feels like 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 okay, this these these two areas would be connected, mm -hmm. like Chuo Street versus. Uh, like, like I said, versus just um, Shibuya Terminal, mm -hmm. they play totally different. Shuo Street has like this whole rounded space that you can go around in a circle, and it has um, the like store that you can like literally skate through, mm -hmm. and all these different little little bits. But you were like, oh yeah, okay, I'm totally I'm in a totally different place, and it plays different, and you remember it differently for that. Yeah, reason. yeah. No, yeah, I definitely agree that having. Uh... Like, just the unique areas and, like, having things, like, stand apart while still, like, connecting together. Like, that does so yeah. much for, like, your world building. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. I guess I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this to talk about Ghost of Tsushima a bit. Because it actually, it kind of does that a Do little it. bit. Do it. Um, Do it, Josh. Okay. Ghost of Tsushima is the first game I've played where... They didn't take Breath of the Wild as, like, a huge inspiration. Like, it definitely is, like, more based on, like, the Ubisoft kind of, like, uh, like open-world formula. But it's the, first, mm -hmm. it's the first game where I can tell the developers, like, played Breath of the Wild and liked Breath of the Wild. Because it, do <laughs> it does, like, you can see just a few little things, like, with how they treat um, environmental puzzles and mm -hmm. things that it's like oh yeah they totally like realized how breath <laughs> of the wild did this was really good like they'll they'll um like i've been doing um side quests where you need to like match up um like ancient paintings of like where um new armors hidden and stuff with the actual environment oh. to figure out like oh. where they're uh hidden. Yeah. it's hell yeah it's really good but then the, so the other thing is is I'm only in the first, I, I guess there's like three provinces or something on Tsushima Island. And so I'm only okay. like in the first one, like I need to beat the area boss before I can go higher up the island. Um, but from what I've seen, like even though like it's obviously all a small Japanese island, like all of the areas have like different trees or different like foliage colors. Yes. And I love it. it. Like, 
So, like, there's a specific area where it's like, oh, this is where the really thin, like, white birch trees are. And, like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is, like, the golden forest and stuff like that. So, it's, all, like, it all very much has that, like, uh, like, that wilderness of Japan feel. But, like, they definitely go out of their way where it's like, okay, if you're in this area, like, you know you're in this general vicinity. Like, right, they, right. they don't just have it where, like oh, you might find, like, these trees anywhere and, like, everything just looks the same. Like, they right. do they do it kind of, like, to... Obviously not to the degree of, like, here's the lava place and here's, like, the desert <laughs> and stuff. Um, right, right, but, right. But, like, they... I would be down for I, the lava samurai. I am I, I'm, I'm hoping that, actually, that, like, later island or, like, further areas have a bit more craziness to it. But for now, I'm like, okay, that's, like, a pretty good way to, like keep things separate without like going too like nuts with it right i love that and actually yeah uh i know i mean the we we are i know we're supposed to be fighting still but i think emma's right that sunshine (laughs) mario sunshine did a great job of that as well and frankly in a lot of ways is the only mario game (laughs) that i've played where i was like this is this is organic mm-hmm. but still immediately different yeah i and immediately recognizable and it plays out in the gameplay and in the kind of puzzles and it like an adventure and platforming that is featured in each level and i think that that's excellent yeah i like i would um i yeah i mentioned this in that video that you were watching and called me out on but um <laughs> but, uh yeah like i've i've come around on mario sunshine being uh jankier than i remember but i do i do still really uh i like that aspect of it that like it keeps that theme of like mario's on a tropical vacation like it doesn't uh like it doesn't launch him off island to like an ice area or something like that like every area is like keeps to that like mario on vacation motif but like has a twist on it like here's the amusement park here's the harbor here's the hotel and then like i love the fact you can like see the different areas like if you look off like on the beach you can see like further down the beach like yeah. oh there's like the theme park and stuff i, re- I really like yeah. that i'll never get over that shit i'll never get over that in any game uh, like i know the whole like see there you can go there i i will never actually, get over it. if it's good if it's good i'll never get over have it, it. have you played banjo tooie uh no i i I can't with those no that that, i can't listen to the constant honking (laughs) i I, know just literally just kazooie honking the entire time you're fucking running i just i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it i'm gonna kill you don't make me Maybe no, I will kill you actually, on your own stream. Um, so in a, Halo in a, 3 did lie. A, That's right, Taylor. It fucking lied. Sorry. That's right. Um, um, <laughs> ben, I will say, on a hypothetical level, something I really liked about Banjo-Tooie is... Um, so it had... Uh, Banjo-Tooie was structured like most um, like collect-thons from that era were, where it's like you have the hub world, and then you go into like the individual worlds. And so like mm. in the original Banjo-Kazooie each of the individual worlds was like completely separate. So it's like, you go through Gruntilda's lair, you right. go into Gobi's Valley. Oh, it's the desert world. You get like the 10 things to the desert world. You come back out, you're back in uh, Gruntilda's lair. But Banjo-Tooie has it that like, they kind of darks. Oh my God, I'm comparing Banjo-Tooie to Dark Souls. 
kill me now. But they do the Dark Souls thing um, of um, like the areas are interconnected with each other um, in that like, so you can go to like Witchy World, which is like the theme park place. Um, Mm -hmm. Do the transformation thing there to turn yourself into a laundry truck go through a secret exit to go to the caveman world and then do the caveman's laundry as like one of the puzzles. <laughs> um, That's so, freaking excellent. Yeah, it like, um, Banjo-Tooie does, it goes a bit too far with like making Collectathon bigger and better and stuff like that. Like it has kind of the Donkey Kong 64 problem in some mm-hmm. aspects. Um, but I, I've always liked like that specific feature of it is that you had to like, there was crossover puzzles between some of those worlds and it would be like, oh, um, like this uh, this character in one world is like really upset they don't have a burger and fries. This level does have a place you can buy burger and fries. So you need to like get that and take it um, over to I the other that. spot. And it like just a bit more connectivity than I think you'd usually get with like collectathons. I love that. And I, I like, that's the thing, like talking about a game like, I guess, I guess just to keep, I don't know. I, Josh, get to tell me when I have to let this go. But, so until then, I'm going to keep bringing it back. Talking about a game like just a radio future, mm-hmm. that's one of the things I would love to see it evolve on. Because I think, and this is, maybe I don't know how much of a jump this is mm-hmm. uh, or a leap of faith, but one of the things that Mirror's Edge 2 or Mir- whatever the fuck it was called, Mirror's Edge. Catalyst? Uh, Catalyst, thank you. Yeah. Tried to do was what's something that I think that those, that games like, a game like Jet Set Radio Future really could really, really uh, expand on mm-hmm. is trying to put people in places and do exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, this area has this kind of thing and this person in this area needs something that they can't get in their area, mm-hmm. right? Like that's your, that's your typical, typical open world stuff. Yeah. I think when you have such, I think, I think you're allowed, you can get away with having looser puzzles and more personal mm. like thoughtful referential based kind oh. of puzzles when you have such clearly defined spaces because mm-hmm. then yeah. it's like oh okay like which area might i be able to find this thing in yeah it's it's um, like kind of like that metroid oh god uh yeah yeah like it's like oh once you get this item like you immediately realize oh this will let me do this thing Right, exactly. It's like, okay, if I have, uh, I mean, in Me- Metroid, obviously, I think, you know, as one of the uh, the originators, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a little, it's, so okay, well, sometimes it's a little unclear. Mm-hmm. But, like, usually it's like, okay, I yeah, need to yeah. take the plasma thing to the cold place or stuff like that. Or it's like, I have yeah, the various yeah. suit, when, I can now be in the hot place. Yeah, when I use uh, it as an example, I mean, like, that's, like, at the most base level. And then these games right. are, like, putting that into actual, like, character puzzles and stuff like that. See, and that's the kind of thing that I think Catalyst should have done. It mm. didn't really do. Uh, it sort of, it ended up more on the unfortunate end of open worlds where they made an open world that you become more familiar with, but don't really benefit in terms of actual establishment in that world mm-hmm. from that closeness yeah, uh, and that intimacy. And I think that that's something that if they ever did a Jet Set Radio again, that that's what I would want to see more of. Because I think there is some of it. Like, um, I think it is actually 
is it? I think it is actually Dogenzaka Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, there's a character that you can find. Um, is it? No, it's not Dogenzaka. It's I forget what it's called. But there's a place where like, if you're just skating around and you do like the main story thing, mm -hmm. um, it, it, like it may like there's there's obviously well you don't know this. Uh -huh. Every level has like five goals that you can complete to. It, after you unlock a mystery tape, or you oh, find okay. this mystery tape, yeah. you can complete five different goals to get graffiti souls, which you need to do various things mm -hmm. and also to unlock more graffiti styles. Okay. Um, but outside of just like skating around and kind of trying to accomplish those things and like looking at the actual geometry of the level, like, okay, how can I grind for, you know, 10 seconds un uninterrupted? How can I get my combo this high? You can find like characters who are like just in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thing where I'm like in just a radio future, basically you find them, they go, they kind of either they talk to you or they'll run away from you. And you have to kind of like, you know, play horse to kind of get to them where they'll mm -hmm. be like, they'll like all different jumps to get to this interesting area. And you're like, okay, well I have to follow them to, to try and challenge them and then mm -hmm. add them to the team or whatever. Yeah. But like, if you level that up and like these characters sort of had things to do mm -hmm. in the space without, without going full, you know, I like, for again, like, I don't think you would have to go full Majora's. Mm -hmm. They don't need to wake up in their apartment yeah, and skate yeah. down the you know to the the, but the ha arena but right? have some but, kind of life outside of the player yeah that like changed the space mm -hmm. in some way yeah i think that's kind of thing that i would love to see because i think that it i think that it would pair up with what i think just at rate of future maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't necessarily able to deliver on explicitly mm -hmm. but in terms of like themes of the street and and in particular of community and like Here's how we take care of people who are disenfranchised by these, you know, our corporate overlords, mm -hmm. literally in, in the case of the game. And I think it'd be really, I think it'd be a great way to expand on that and, and look at like, what does that look like? Like, what does taking care of these people look like? Because I think, you, you know, you look at obviously all the crazy shit that's happening today and you see in blatant, blatant context what that looks like. Yeah, you know, I, it, I think that like a game like that is probably more important than ever right now. Right. And, and, you know, obviously like, like, like I was, I mean, it's, it's, I think with a game like Jester Rate of Future, they, they would never necessarily be so explicit about it, mm -hmm. which is fine. Yeah. I think yeah. Fine. I think, like, that's fine. It's, you know, I get it. Um, but I think it's kind of thing that they can carry those themes in and they can use it to inspire their, the design, like the, mm -hmm. the missions. And I, I think I, w I would love to, I would love it if Sega would do that. If they would do it for me. Do a third game for Todd Sega. Do it. Oh, I want the game. Uh, I think that, like, that's really interesting that this game, like, has that distinct aesthetic and that distinct kind of philosophy behind it. Like, if it did come out in, like, 2002, because I think that's, like, really interesting that like once like we got the tech for like cell shading and stuff you were able to do uh more ambitious things and kind of like embody um like certain cultural aspects and stuff like better once the technology improved and for like a game to do it like that early like in the gamecube era and stuff is really impressive whenever like a like a lot of games won't even go that far now yeah no i it's 
it's funny to think about that game in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. It really, it really, it was. It's not like it was out of place. In it, it wasn't out of place in terms of like the time period, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it maybe. I think it just didn't. It didn't make it high enough mm. to be recognized for what it was trying to do in its relevance mm-hmm. to to the times. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Like, like, okay, this is something that I was thinking about after watching the lovely Mitch, a.k.a. Heavy X-Eyed. I wish you would just make your name fucking Mitch. Love that, man. Mitch Kramer, uh, soft-talking boy on the internet. Um, He 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 had this video talking about how how we talk about games has has changed over the years. Mm -hmm. And I think Get That Rated Future is a perfect example of a game that showed up before the level of critical analysis and cultural relevance mm. in behind games was being explored to the degree that it was merited. Oh my, yeah. Like if the game had come out when people were making video essays. Right. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And like, even, even me, I didn't even talk about that nature of the game in my video. I talked about it from a gameplay mm-hmm. perspective, which I've, I have no regrets about. Um, oh yeah. I stand by it. And also it was fun to do a DJ Professor K impression. <laughs> but it's the kind of thing where it's like, if that game had come out now, and so, I mean, even if it was like, take the game, take, literally literally as it is, mm-hmm. as like, let's just say indie game instead, probably, yeah, you know, right. I mean, you look at like, it's kind of, it's current uh, contemporaries and you look at like Neon Tail, which is being made by like, I think one person and looks it kind mm-hmm. of looks either the same or better, yeah. <laughs> like visually speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, fuck, that's crazy. So if you think of that game as coming out now, today, this mm-hmm. year, I mean, it would be insane. There would be so much conversation. Like, oh, and, it yeah. wouldn't, and not even just in terms of like praise, it, there would be all the gaps of like, well, it's, you know, people would want to come at it and say like, is it harsh enough on the police? Is this too yeah, much of a Yeah, exactly. Is like there would be so much conversation started by us. Exactly. There'd be so many, and because we have all these lenses to access a game like this that we didn't have, or not that we didn't have them, but but, but we it, didn't it wasn't, employ. Yeah. 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 I and I think that that it's. I mean, it's fucking. It's so interesting. It's like, man, what <laughs> if if Sega was like, here's the game again. Then suddenly, you know, your polygons, your waypoints, you know, mm-hmm. even your, like your Kotaku's, et cetera. I mean, I could be naming actual writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, these these sort of platforms would definitely be like, well, let's talk about this. Yeah. Because this game is literally about people being like, fuck the cops. It's just fuck the police, the game in a certain sense. Yeah. And yeah, that would, that would get so much discussion like today. And actually that... I have a question for you. Do you yeah, do play. you think that like games discourse right now is better than it was like at the start of last console generation? So like I've yeah, like we're we're about to get into like the era of like the Xbox Series X, like PlayStation I, 5 and stuff. I don't Okay. But do, so first of all, uh, first, first of all, I think we have grown mm-hmm. 
uh, I think I think unequivocally. I, I don't think that there's really a room for uh, argument about that. We have grown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're still exploring. I think we're still learning mm-hmm. um, how to talk about games like that. And beyond that, we're learning how to hear about games like that. Mm-hmm. We're learning how to read about games like that in terms of like, you know, is an article about one chapter of The Last of Us a legitimate piece of criticism? Yes, it is. But that doesn't mean that the culture at large understands the merit of treating games like that because we, you know, I think I think in a lot of senses, part of gaming culture has always been being small, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously it's fucking not anymore. It's giant. Yeah. And that can't go back. Mm-hmm. But I think people still hold on to that identity of like, well, we're not film. We're not books. We're not blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It- and... I don't know. I, I think I think people still maybe haven't necessarily got, got over that or not even got over that. Like, even if they don't ideologically have some kind of issue with those kinds of pieces, they just might not feel like reading about them from some random person that they haven't developed an mm-hmm. attachment to. Yeah. I Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we definitely have... I think we've come further than... Because I remember... Um, oh, you were going all fuzzy. Am I going fuzzy? You went all fuzzy. It sounded like you got absorbed by a dishwasher. Am I am I <laughs> less fuzzy now? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You're yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, I I that's been something I've been thinking about a lot because I feel like we're I feel like the games industry itself seems to be getting into a better spot than especially we were like this time last generation because I remember like going into like the Xbox One. And like PS4, and it just mm-hmm. all seemed to be so much of like more of the same. Um, in- Yo, going into that generation was like the least exciting. Ex- yeah, I've ever it, been. like like it wasn't a hype thing because it was like okay, graphics are like kind of prettier, but like yeah. but but it was all just like yes, more third person shooters and like micro like microtransactions yeah. were like just becoming a big thing and like. Oh yeah, didn't seem to be slowing down. Whereas I feel like now, um, like you go first. Say, even even looking specifically at, like at the game you're playing right now, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Like you look at that game, mm-hmm. and you know everything I've seen about it, and the conversation is about is it did it is it letting people down. Like mm-hmm. that's the conversation about that game. Like it's one of those games where it's like that's a it looks like uh, on on paper mm-hmm. it's an easy eight to start. You know, like if we're talking about a, a, the era of games yeah. criticism, you know, at the beginning of this generation, that's a free eight yeah. to start. Yeah, free eight. I mean, just like oh, it has stealth and samurai and it's beautiful. Dude. Oh, that's an eight. Like it's it just where you start. Yeah, that. And now we're having this conversation of. Is it too close to a Ubisoft mm-hmm. game? You know, is it too Ubi whatever? I don't know the phrase. We haven't come up with a Metroidvania like similar phrase for it yet. Ubi somehow. World, Ubi World uh, kind of game. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where like that's, and I think that's pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> but I think it's interesting, and I think that it. I think it's a critical point of discussion that 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 should be had, and like. So I, to answer again, to, to, to bring it back, I think that that is 
absolutely a a space of like a level of growth that mm-hmm. we've is like a big nice chunk on top of what we did before. Yeah, I I feel like we're in such <laughs> <laughs> we're in, we're in That's such good. like a better spot from like the actual like game standpoint. I think because people like things have gotten so much more impressive, and then like even like the launch lineups and everything yeah. that's been kind of like teased so far, like seems so much more varied than like mm-hmm. the order 1666 for the PlayStation 4 oh my God, <laughs> or like, about like, like, like stuff like that. Something? Like, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh God, I want to know what Halo Infinite is. Oh yeah. I, that's going to be something. Yeah. I, I just want to know like what direction they're going with that, but, but we'll, we'll fucking see. Halo is, we could, we could, we could have a whole. I'll I'll take I'll take you I'll have you back for another episode. We'll talk about Halo yeah. sometime. <laughs> talk about Halo. Um. Um. But yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like um. I I think the games are in a better spot, and I think like like what people are doing in terms of games criticism is definitely in a better spot. But I I think we still have yeah. a ways to go with like the overall gaming culture but i i hope sure, sure, i sure. hope that the uh, like those other two things like having gone forward so much like leads to the to um like actual gaming culture moving forward like just on a bit of I a think lag. It will. I, I i think i think so too like i'm i'm optimistic about it i think that's the thing i think this is you know we're having obviously we're in the middle of a lot of tumultuous turbulent things socially speaking but specifically in the games world like we're you know Mm -hmm. we went from this space of like and again i'm gonna keep bringing up stuff from mitch's video because uh i just watched it uh like you know we're coming out of this space of like looking at uh organizations and platforms of authority Mm -hmm. like you know g4 and like GameSpot, and being like these are the the pillars of games and ign like not not just games criticism but like this is where you go to care about games yes in a certain sense mm-hmm. and not just for your niche stuff like your forums you know and your game specific you know nowadays obviously discords but like the chat rooms or whatever that you would get into it's like that but that was that was like the outposts in the outskirts mm-hmm. you know this was like the mecca like this is you know the cities and now we're in this this space where like there's way more there's just like nerds on YouTube who may who may just have a great point. There's an indie and scene right now. Yeah, and and they might be able to come at it from an angle that some big thing didn't come from, and and that's valid, and mm-hmm. that opens up some of the conversation even more. And you know, it's at a point where like you can have a to- you can have a, a banger of a video mm-hmm. that's a total. It's still an editorial piece but it's totally unrelated to whether or not you should buy the game. Mm-hmm. And I think we basically didn't have that for a very fucking long time. Oh my time. God. Like when, whenever a I- very long time. Like whenever, I guess we started YouTube around the same time, but like the only thing mm-hmm. you could do is like reviewing an old video game <laughs> was, was like the extent of like the criticism that like would happen at the start, I feel like. Like in the early days of YouTube, at least in our area. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think it's really fucking cool because uh, I think also it pairs with 
with what my buddy's saying, Metaforcer in the chat, that there's so much more because there's the audience has expanded so much. Mm -hmm. And like, not just because the audience has expanded, though it has, but because that audience has also then found spaces and mm -hmm. games that represent those interests. Exactly. Like, we didn't have, I think we didn't really even have the phrase cozy games until like the last maybe five years and maybe yeah. even less time than that. Yeah, like and that's like been a this whole, gen thing. Exactly. Even though the games being referenced in that category, some of them are very old. Like Harvest Moon is a very old franchise, mm -hmm. but you know, you can in a lot of ways, Harvest Moon and and um and uh the fucking Animal Crossing are like these major the major pillars of that genre mm -hmm. and now you know we're dudes. like we have all these random indie games like my time at porsche stardew like mm -hmm. and they're all these different like take on that kind of style i mean ooblets is an early access and it's three kinds of cozy game wrapped in one <laughs> and so now you know again like you have these new people not new necessarily mm -hmm. but people who feel like they belong now rather yes. than kind of being like that game yes. is good and i don't care yes. about any of the other games it's like now I'm being catered to. I my money is being sought after by the people who are making these games, and so because of that, the room for conversation has broadened outside of just everyone who already knows what stuff is. Ah, I love that, and I like I that that's so exciting to me that we're like living in like the early days, kind of, like comparatively, like compared to other um, mm -hmm. like art forms, like compared to. Like cinema is like a hundred years old. Video games, like mm -hmm. mainstream video games, um, are like thirty-five to forty or whatever. Um, yeah, basically, it's like basically thirty-five. Yeah, like around there. Um, They're basically as old as Mario. They're like, let's just basically as old as Mario. Like, I I brought I brought this up in a stream earlier, and I got I got I got some critiques on like when exactly it happened. But like for for all intents and purposes, like video games as like a cultural thing probably like start around like Mario and like arcades and everything. And so like, mm -hmm. we've gotten to see like this industry or yeah, like this, uh, this medium like evolve. And like, now we are starting to treat it more and more like an actual art form be with all of like the criticism and different like intersectional analysis and like everything that that entails. And like having, yeah. having the art more be like, there's something for everyone. It's not just like, yeah buy your space shooters on your xbox 360 and and it's and it's opening up and like yeah i mean as we're to deepen the subject it mm -hmm. on the term on the subject of intersectionality it deepens the 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 critical striking points of games that can be unrelated to is this game good? Is this game worth buying? Mm -hmm. Because like you could look at a game like Jet Set Radio Future, like I was saying earlier, like it is an anti-establishment game. Mm -hmm. You can look at that game through that lens mm -hmm. and say, is it an anti-establishment game? To what degree does it make that point? Mm -hmm. To what degree do you experience that playing the game? And there's, I'm sure there's a conversation to be had on whether or not it it delivers at all or if it's just borrowing off of hip-hop and streetwear and you know graffiti and and the anti-authority mm -hmm. sort of like but the fact we can like without we movement. can have those conversations now and people like totally can, can debate those is like like that's a, yeah that's so good and so exciting and 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 not even just to do it mm -hmm. 
uh, and not be and not be sort of guffawed at for being like, why would you care? Mm -hmm. But you but you'll you can make money off of it. I mean, the video does well enough. You know, if you have a Patreon, it counts, or if it gets views, it counts, or you know, you show up on a podcast and the podcast like it's like, oh, this is an interesting episode, and it gets around, mm -hmm. it gets articles made out of it. You know, this is all something. This is all a a space that just didn't fucking exist. Yeah. You can still be guffawed. That's true. Oh yeah. I think if, I don't think you can escape that on YouTube, no matter what you say. Yeah, you'll get you'll get your occasional guffaw. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think, like, in terms of how do I feel about the last generation versus this generation, I literally don't know what either of the new consoles can do. I have not, I haven't watched any, the, the thing, the thing the most, the thing I'm the most interested in that mm -hmm. I know of is that they're putting an overcooked bundle on the Xbox, whatever, five. And, and that's, that's it. I don't know the other stuff. Do, I, that's, uh, that's how, that's how checked out I've been. Ah, shit. I like, I half want to give you an update. Cause I'm actually like really excited about, like, I think the, the, hit, the hit tech me. jumps. Hit me. Yeah. The, the stuff that, that's happening with this next console generation, um, is way more exciting than the jump from like, uh, like the three, six Xbox 360 to Xbox one, like PS3 to PS4 was like so much smaller than I think this jump's going to be because uh they've, they've announced like a lot of exciting stuff mm -hmm. but um oh god ray tracing yeah so like <laughs> like, like well like there, there is like the actual like tech things like ray tracing is exciting because it's uh it's like they're not faking how lighting works in games anymore like it's more accurate yeah. so it's one of those things where it's like it, it's really nitty-gritty tech stuff but it, it's like the thing that makes like Pixar movies like look so good these days is like how good their lighting is. Mm -hmm. um, but like the real thing that's been exciting me about the, um, the new consoles is just like the ease of use that they really, that Microsoft in particular really seems to be pushing. Like I think Microsoft had a really like, like the Xbox one's an iffy console in my opinion, but Dude, um, that dashboard's a fucking nightmare. Oh God. But, um, like, I'll, basically what they've said is that, like, every single game that was, like, backwards compatible on or that, like, works on Xbox One will also work on the next one. Anything you've bought before automatically gets upgraded um, to the next thing or, like, to uh, the ideal version for whatever console you have. And, sexy like... Version. Hmm? Sexy version. The sexy version, yeah. And um, just, like, all the Xbox Game Pass deals... Um, and then on top of that, like both the new consoles apparently like just aren't going to have loading times anymore. <laughs> we don't need we don't need to load anymore. Like, but they, I've actually seen like articles from game developers being like, we need to figure out like how to convey um, the right. information that's usually in loading screens because that's right. not going to be a thing next gen. You, you know how you know what they're gonna do. Mm -hmm. It's the return of Omachow, man. Just put a little fucking wind up toy in the level and and you just walk up to it. And it's I like, would be okay you know with that. You, you, you can hold the X and the Y buttons to do a backflip. Like, <laughs> like that's what's going to happen. It's going to be great. 
Uh, I would actually like. I'm actually am interested to see though, like if tutorials are gonna become like. Oh, well, they have to change. Yeah, like like there's gonna be there's gonna have to be some kind of thing because that's been like the default for the past like two generations. (laughs) Oh, little gameplay tips that you might not know naturally. We'll just sprinkle them there. I think that's gonna be really interesting. I I um, I don't know. It's gonna be very interesting because I think something that that that. Modern games can sometimes struggle with mm-hmm. is breathing, mm. and and just breathing, not just like I'm gonna let's put a conversation here or a cutscene here or something like that to stop whatever mm-hmm. action is happening. But like spaces in the game to do boring or nothing mm-hmm. things, and not, I mean not every game struggles with this, but sometimes it's just like fuck, man. I just I feel like I just feel like I gotta keep going. Yeah, there, there's no downtime. That that, exactly, or there doesn't, there isn't a time where that's what it seems like you should do mm-hmm. is like run around and not do like like uh, like think about uh, like level based games, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, like a Crash Bandicoot, right? How many times have you caught yourself just running in circles in the level select area and just being like, yeah. wait, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you may not think about it that way, not you, but like people may not think about it that way, but you need that time. No, like, I, I, w- I would totally agree with that. Like, pick, like character select screens, level select screens, mm-hmm. um, like in Mario Kart, when you're like, oh, don't want this kind of cart, don't want that kind of cart. These kinds of times to do those sorts of things that even like that, that can be kind of small. Like obviously in Mario Kart, I guess as an example, there are stats, but mm-hmm. like, you, know, you, just, you could just be like, oh, this looks cool. That looks cool. But not not necessarily like something like borderlands where you're like doing fucking math the entire time mm-hmm. because that's still doing something and for some people that math is very labor intensive if you're not good at math <laughs> or build construction mm-hmm. and so it's gonna be very interesting to see the load times disappear yeah because yeah i don't think you can yeah. just do like oh i can fast travel here 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 and like not have yeah. any kind of like downtime <laughs> like like you, you, that's really to think about oh my god just literally just fast traveling like like, but that's like fucking dragon ball v yeah that's actually like stuff they'll be able to do though so but the thing is like should they do that they had like oh my god um i'm genuinely interested to see like um what's gonna become like the game design um yeah, like what's going to Dude. be like the downtime now? Because and th- that was the other thing. Like some someone was joking about it in chat, but like legitimately, like you know those things in every like AAA game where like your main character has to, like squeeze through a thing, yeah, 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 so that like yeah, your yeah, cameras yeah. like right, um, like that they don't have to do that anymore. Tomb Raider has so many of those. Oh God, Gears Gears of War and Tomb Raider are like the two that I think of where it's like you guys aren't even hiding them. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Ghost of Tsushima even does it. Like, they have so many just like, oh, you want to get up on top of this hill? Um, you got to go yeah. inside the hill and sneak. It's, yeah. I don't, one, one, of my, one of my favorite ones of those, at, as if someone could catalog their favorite loading my screen favorite, hiders. My favorite hidden one of loading my screen. Favorite, yeah, loading screen hiders. That's is the second in... part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite loading screen in Jet Set Future? Oh, it's just, it's literally just like a radio sound that says loading. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, but no, one of my favorite ones is fucking Firewatch, where to get up even like a fucking, not even a foot 
high step mm -hmm. he bends all the way down and looks at the ground and then like he puts his hands down and looks at the ground and then pulls himself up I and I'm like forgot bro forgot about <laughs> that holy <laughs> I had oh, I had like so locked Firewatch from my memory. Oh, oh my god! I, lo I love. There's a lot of stuff I love about Firewatch. I I, I really enjoy that game. Like, this is a great. This is. <laughs> you might as well have had him like fucking put on like a plastic like a paper bag over his head real quick. Just like okay, let me just. <laughs> it was I just uh, made me laugh so much. I was like nice. <laughs> Oh, it, like fucking nice. What if what if they yeah, do? Yeah, the door's not working. What if oh, they what if they wind up like coming out with like a Mass Effect trilogy remaster and just like you go in the elevator and it's like. <laughs> just... That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> when is Samus gonna reflect on her life anymore? She's never gonna say anything now. She's never. There's not gonna be any time for her to think. She's just gonna be fucking shooting things well, for the twenty bit. hours of gameplay. Uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, no, I think, I think, I think, uh, I think Metaphors is right. They're just, they're going to have to fake it for transition. But what's, what I like about that is like, you know, obviously like we're saying it, fake it for transition. Right. But what really is going to happen instead. And I wish that this had, this could happen before then. Mm -hmm. And maybe it has, because obviously I'm not a dev and I am not a dev on any game that has come out to this point. So I don't even know the specific games who might have already done that. I think that now, since it's no longer a technical imperative, mm -hmm. instead people will approach it with this sort of design. Yeah, I like the, the, the design like um, impact that it has. So they'll say, "Oh, okay, now we can think about this intentionally." Yeah, it's where a conscious, do we put these breath? Yeah, it's a conscious choice on where you can put these like downtime things because it, it like yeah. where you are in the game isn't a factor as much anymore. Exactly. No, totally. Exactly. And I think I think that that will be good. I mean, especially for AAA, right? Because obviously, who knows how it's going to affect indies. Mm -hmm. But like these games that are just like big old, big giant games. Like, like I'm playing again, I'm playing Odyssey. And I had like this, the weirdest experience because in this entire game where you can just walk into everything, mm -hmm. there's this one part that I've come to in the middle of this giant fortress where there's a closed door and you... Oh. Oh, press a button and there's a loading screen to go into a tiny room. What the fuck? And I was like, what? What is this? This is fucking crazy. I'm like, I'm almost like charmed whenever I come across stuff in games that's like, that seems like a little bit too dated compared to what the rest of the game yeah. is doing. Yeah, the whole game. It's like, just, uh, just, you go in, you go out onto the boat, into the mountains, doesn't matter. It's whatever, get on the horse, get off the horse, go into a giant tomb, dive into a cave. But this person's one little fucking tiny, like, They couldn't tiny, fit like, this closet. person's house into the yeah. world map. So, and I'm sure that there's a reason, obviously there, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, but I'm sure that there's like an interesting reason yeah, or like yeah. one where we're like, we just can't, we have to solve this. But it's so, I was just like, this is, you know, I made like, you know, that, 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 uh, gif reaction of Andy when he finds out that someone's pregnant on, uh, Parks and Rec and he makes the like, that, like smile. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's, that, I, I, it happened to me and I was like, ooh. Oh. <laughs> it's like, what is happening here? Oh, um, man. Not to keep talking about Ghost of Tsushima, but like kind of in a similar vein, just every now and then, 
you'll come across like one of the side missions where they keep the camera like super far back and you can tell they did that just so they wouldn't have to do any lip syncing or like fancy animations. <laughs> like it's it's like GTA 4 or like GTA San sure. Andreas levels of like, uh, yeah. hey, Jin, could you go check out this place for me? I heard there was some Mongols there. Not exactly like that in Ghost of Tsushima, sure. but like that whole sure. vibe of like, this is your like introduction to a small um, side quest like cutscene. I love it. And I'm still it, it, like it's nostalgic to me by this point. That's what that's what I'm saying though. That's the thing. Going back to one of our original conversation points, right? Mm -hmm. Is I think that that still does can do more. Like if you look at like just like a game like just a radio, mm -hmm. and just like their faces are just there's like four mouth shapes, and mm -hmm. they just randomly change. They have not. There's no lip syncing. It's just. Is this character talking right now? Is the, you know, mm -hmm. it, they're now done talking in the mouth. It's just like, beep, boop, 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 beep. it's like, I feel like that can, in a lot of ways, be far more expressive than actual lip syncing if, if your style is properly utilizing it. And mm -hmm. so I think it's so interesting looking at that indie space and like the games that are trying to do things like that. And even like, not even necessarily, that. it'll be very interesting to see. It hasn't happened. It probably won't ever happen. But it'd be really interesting to see if we get more of that, like, A-tier game mm -hmm. that actually, like, makes an impact that could look use those kinds of aesthetics to simplify and shrink the, like, artistic load. Mm -hmm. not, 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 to, like, not to say that it's easier, but just, like, physically less complicated models mm -hmm. and animation. Um but still have the same scale in terms of the size of the game and like mm -hmm. how much content is in it. It'll be really interesting to see if that space gets developed with technology being more accessible and 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 like the, a, you know as we we're talking about the greater diversity mm -hmm. of of people buying games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like hey, if we make, you know, if we're Ubisoft or whomever, EA, you know, Microsoft and we're like, why don't we just make a fucking Stardew? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be well, that... as big as Animal Crossing. It doesn't have to be as big as fucking, as, you know, any there, of our big temple games. There is no way that Electronic Arts hasn't looked at how much money Nintendo must be making off like Animal Crossing New Horizons and like doesn't right. want in on that. Like there's exactly like there's definitely an audience for like these types of games and for more diverse kinds of games. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and I, I will be, I will be shocked if we don't start seeing more games, or at the very least, more more of these big companies basically buying, you know, as they do, mm -hmm. buying other companies and saying, "You guys are making our, you know, you're our Camelot." We, you're gonna make all of our Mario sports I, games, but like what for or, or that, whatever? Oh, see what see I what want. That is one thing I want the games industry to eventually get from the film industry. I know it'll never be like an exact comparison, but like mm. the fact that the film industry has like, if you do a really good indie film, like the big companies want you like directing, like a blockbuster or or one mm -hmm. of like their middle tier movies, like. Mm -hmm. um, like Taika Waititi and like uh, Ryan Coogler mm -hmm. and stuff like that on the MCU. Mm -hmm. And so like, mm -hmm. I, I kind of wish that that would happen a bit more in games where like, like that, that's what with people can fly and then they got fucked over. <laughs> yeah. Like, like as long as it, I want it to happen without like 
games industry shittiness happening. But like, yeah, literally, exactly. like Toby, like Toby Fox, like kicked ass with Undertale. Like Ooh. Toby Fox, like should have had game companies like showing up on his front door and saying like, we will give you like fifty million dollars to do whatever you want to do. Just like we get yeah. to publish it. Like, don't right. don't take creative control. But like, I wish I hope that that becomes a thing, like bigger companies funding um, mm-hmm. like projects like that from successful indie creators. I think that would be it. It's kind of so uh, in some ways mm-hmm. that sort of happens because like mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know how similar it is across the other the other two. But Microsoft Game Studios basically more or mm-hmm. less does that with like certain indies mm-hmm. like um, Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah. Moon Studios got like just so much support from Microsoft Game Studios oh, because so they published with them. Yeah. Well, that's why like you think about Moon Studios, you think about Ori and you're like, I know this is an indie game, but what the fuck? Yeah. It's so they, beautiful. Yeah, they had the budget to go above and beyond. Like, give the all the polish. Is, oh, the fucking yeah, music. Yeah, it's like a uh, It's fucking insane. And so, you know, when you think about even just looking at, like, Killer Instinct, right, which is also, like, in-house Microsoft, it's like, these games basically seem like they have the same budget, mm-hmm. which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they did. I don't know. But it's the kind of thing where, like, no, I totally agree with you. I think we need to see more of that. And I, I would like to see it. I would like to see it not just to ha- have that happen. But I th- and I think I think you're kind of referencing this. Mm-hmm. But to have it happen explicitly. Like, mm-hmm. we are backing these people. We are backing this person. We are backing this org. Like, we are backing yeah. them. We are here saying, look, yes, we want to put our stamp on this. Mm-hmm. But it's only because we believe in it. And we just want a little cut of whatever the fuck they're going to yeah, make. Because I... whatever the fuck they're going to make, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, like, that might just be, like, a difference in, like, optics or something. But I, I think it, yeah. it does, like, sound better to be, like, we really fucking like what Toby Fox or, like, what team whatever is doing like we want Mm -hmm. we we believe in that and we want to support like up and coming uh game developers rather than being like oh toby fox made a good game okay we just we want to buy you as an xbox studio now like that's still good because obviously like they're getting to make great games with it but like I, i would like them to be able to like keep their identity as much as possible as well i guess yeah, I mean, I th- and I think that there's room for that, especially because you're looking at like mm-hmm. p- part of the reason I think that maybe that doesn't even that doesn't happen or we don't know mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah, um, is because of how fluid like employment is, and as well as like project assignment seems to be, mm-hmm. where it's like you know following. I don't follow everybody, obviously it's impossible, but I follow yeah. a good handle of like devs. And some of them are indie and some of them are at like AAA companies. And it's, you know, you kind of just go. You just like, okay, you're done here. We need you on this. And now yeah. you're doing this. You're working on that. And you read all these stories about how games go from like four people to 20 people to, to, to 100 people mm. to 500 people, all the way back to like 15 people. And you're like, how, you know? And so if, if these big companies, they're so, they have they're this massive umbrellas. They have all these smaller companies where they move, mix and match. They move people around. Mm-hmm. You know, I can imagine that it's hard to be like, uh, okay, well, I don't know, Samantha and George, you're gonna work on this like weird mm-hmm. B B budget um, like Jet Set Radio clone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you guys can just go do that, and then when it's done, I guess just let us know, and we'll put you back 
on in the Halo. hopper. It's like, just, yeah, on Halo. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't really, I get, I get why if I was a creative director or a production designer that I wouldn't want to be taking my salmon out of the, the stream mm-hmm. at random times. when it's like, well, I don't know. It might be time to lay eggs guys. Yeah. So I, I get that. And I think that like what you're kind of talking about would be a solution of just like, look, we think these people got their got their shit together. We're just gonna back them. Yeah, you guys, Bam. you and guys do your shit. Story. We'll pay your salaries. Go nuts, or or whatever. Yeah. Just like here's a hundred grand. Like this. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. here's your salaries for two years. We want this percent. You know. Yeah. End of story. Give us a game, please. <laughs> give it. You're right. Give give the people a game and us a little bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> it works out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because then we would get more Jet Set Radios, damn yes. it. That's looping it back around. <laughs> I refuse to let it go. Um, is is there any, like, parting thoughts you'd have on Jet's, Jet Set uh, Future or anything else I guess we've been talking about? We I like how we, like, kind of, like, went through a whole bunch of different topics kind of spinning off from this. Yeah, dude, you're going to have... I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna pull my ego out. You're gonna have a hard time mm-hmm. getting getting that kind of fluidity from anyone that's oh, not me. Josh. Yeah, no, this I'm I'm gonna be disappointed with my next few episodes. <laughs> Shit. It's, everybody get ready. It's gonna be every like, I'm talking anyone that ever plans to be on this show, you better be twice as well spoken as Todd. God damn it. No, no amateur. <laughs> no. No amateur. No, you. Oh, this this, this was a really good uh, conversation. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. This is this is obviously. Oh. In all seriousness, this is like my shit, right? This is. I mean, if if you weren't streaming right now, this would be no different from how well, we I, just have conversations. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like I I love talking about this shit, anyways, and I just like. I don't know. I've been trying to, once I'd gotten back on track with like, okay, I can stream like kind of consistently again. And like, I'm putting the archives up on YouTube pretty good. Like I, I was really trying to find an angle to like do game design discussion and stuff again and not have it just be myself. And so I, re- I really like this, like talking with other people and like getting their perspectives. Cause now I really fucking yeah. want to try out like Jet Set Future. Dude, fucking do it. It's dope. I, I uh I don't know. I <laughs> that game we really didn't even get too much into the mechanics, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um we don't have to. I think it's one of those games where like you'll start playing it and you're like, "Okay, I get it. I get how this mm-hmm. game works and I'm into it." Or you'll you'll be either I'm into it or I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. Um but it's one of those things. I think with a game like Jet Set Radio Future where it happens, it existed it was born in a time with no contemporaries mm-hmm. and it continues to have very little contemporaries mm-hmm. outside of the ones that explicitly reference it as a source of inspiration. Like yeah. you look at like neon tail, you look at, um, uh, lethal league, you look at, um, what's it called? Fucking hover revolt of gamers. Mm-hmm. If you look at, uh, the last one I'm trying to think of the Xbox one, Sunset Overdrive. Yes, yeah. all of those games, you can see the Jets at Radio in them. Mm-hmm. You can see it. Yeah, you can. And some for some of them, it's explicit. Like Hover literally has, um, uh, what's his name, H- uh, Hideki Naganuma on the track. Like he 
literally was like, I worked on this game as a, you know, as soundtrack. Like, mm -hmm. he made, like, three tracks of the game or something like that. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, this game has, like, the genre can't escape this game. Yeah, like, that's it's, how it's so influential. It's that influential, and it's that... <sighs> that shit is just fucking inspiring. Yeah, no, like it really, it really is. Without being something as massive as a Zelda, as a Mario, I think like you can look at games like mm -hmm. you can look at games like Dark Souls, like Animal Crossing, and you can be like, those games are that influential. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not that many games where it's like all the games that remind me of this game mm -hmm. are still that close. Mm -hmm. That's my closing closing statements, sir. No, that, that was a pretty good closing statement. But no, I I very much agree with that. I think uh, I'm really excited to check out that game now. Um, do it. Todd. Everybody should do it. If the people want to find you, if there's anything you want to plug, where should they find you? Slash what are you plugging? Dude. Um, well, I'm on Twitter. At Toddly underscore enough. There's that. Uh, I used to stream i don't really stream anymore not saying i'll never stream mm -hmm. but i'm toddly enough here as well same with the underscore um and i'm on youtube as todd schlickburn i think it's just like i think i think i'm just there at as my name or it might be toddly enough i don't remember anymore but you can check Some that out of todd i'll yes in the youtube version of this i'll throw it up on screen or whatever there you go bam 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 Okay. Well, well thank it was you. lovely chatting with you, my dude. This went so well. I'm really excited about this. Thank you for being an amazing guinea pig, Todd. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm all about it. That's what they call me. Back in high school, they were like, oh, there's guinea Todd. Off he goes. He's an A-plus guinea pig. <laughs> Ready to be experimented on. Oh, yeah. I, like, legit, I would like to have you on here, like, again sometime. Pick a new favorite game, and we'll call you, like, Rod... Dickburn, and you can come back. Yes, yes. Talk about I, I feel like I have to find. I mean, uh, I have to find a porn game at that point, but I will. Woo. I well, I don't know if I've never played a game like that, but I'll find one. Um, I no, yeah, absolutely. There's, <laughs> I literally, there's so many. I could like we talked, we touched on so many games that I could talk forever about. Yeah. I could literally, I could talk about Breath of the Wild for an actual day. That. For an actual day, we'll, we'll I, we will let's charity stream that sometime. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I think I could do it. If I, I if I had, I have to heal my voice, but I think you could put the time together, mm -hmm. and it would be a day, and it would be a day, a full day. I, you know what? I'm gonna write that down. I'll circle back to you. <laughs> That's 24 hours of talk. No, nobody plays the game. Yeah, no, no ga fuck gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Just talking Absolutely. about Breath of the Wild. I yeah. that actually I like that idea. Halfway through, we we have the dissenters, where it's a bunch of people who either don't like or have major complaints about Breath of the Wild, and then we come back, and then we have we have all the people who really love it, newly invigorated mm -hmm. to to counter argument, and it's gonna be a whole. I mean, it'll be like a fucking symposium. <laughs> By the end of it, we'd be like, I'm never touching a Zelda game again. <laughs> yeah, no, right. You'd be like, I don't want to play this game. I don't want to talk to any of you ever again. <laughs> I'm done. I quit. 
Becoming a hermit in the woods with my Game Boy. Yeah, you'd be like, all right, I got to go back to the therapist. I, I'm all fucked all, up. Again. All that work undone. All the work undone. Oh, God. Okay, Good well, times. thank you for coming on the stream, Todd. Yeah, man, thanks I for having me. Lovely thanks, time. people in the chat. Hope you guys were entertained. Yeah, thank or... you, chat, for being awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very nice of you. Go play. If you can't play Distant Radio Future, sit, check out some of those contemporaries. Hover, Neon Tail, Lethal League, all those dope games. Support those indies. Do it. Support them. Bam. Okay. Bam. Well, thank you very much, Todd. Yeah, bro. Nope. Had a great time. I did too. What? I'm. <clears throat> what do you got? What do you. Are you. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm probably gonna keep streaming for like a few more minutes just to like wrap up on my end, but then okay, yeah. I was like, are you? you about, is it? Is it Zelda time? Are you gonna play a randomizer right now? I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be here Pro commenting on your like, on your behavior. <laughs> be like, oh, I don't know, Josh. That was a your your split's not looking good right now. That seemed like a bad <laughs> move. You didn't get all the uh, items. I don't know, man. I think I honestly, I don't know how long you could deal with that before you wanted to stab me. I, I think I could survive it for a little bit, at least to the <laughs> forest temple. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? Like I said, one, one day, just let, hit me up. I'll be, I'll be around. Okay. Sounds good. See you, my dude. Yeah, man. All right. Catch you later, buddy. Bye, everyone. Bye.